Oh, man, that's blind Oof. still have it. Like Mahomes, the no-look yeah. clap-off. Yeah, that, ooh, ooh, I think we just started a trend. Now I'm not yeah. going to look at you anymore. <laughs> not looking at all. And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brandana sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 95 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandan, and with me, as always, just hanging out underneath that mistletoe, most awesome. Baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> Weather outside. Tis frightful. His rifle, yeah, exactly. How are you doing in this holiday season, Brandana? Oh, I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Um, just kind of gearing up for it. I got everything lined up, you know, on side of like getting like work gifts for people that we kind of work with, sure. and then getting all the nieces and nephews taken care of, which I'm traveling then to see them tomorrow and seeing LA friends. It's all, it's all looked up. And I got a little something for you in the works, sir. But Ooh, you'll you'll be you'll I, be seeing in a little bit, and I think it's going to make you smile, my friend. <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's very good. We we did not get the Mab uh, Sports Podcast gift exchange going just yet. No, we did. But I do know at Mab Sports uh, Studios East, there are two little lovely gifts. I believe they're sitting right there at your doorstep, my friend. So oh man! Once Look you get that. back into uh, the New York swing of things, you can unwrap and. Feel the warmth of my uh, my my love for you. I, I'm gonna be honest. Now I'm really glad I did get you something, even though we didn't talk about it, because I would feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, we have a jam-packed episode 95. We're doing rip from the headlines. We're doing college bowl season. Doing the MAB inbox. Gonna hit a couple of those. Got MAB date night. We are talking Home Alone. We're gonna do the top two, bottom two of the 2010s. We are doing a TV shows. We're doing the Neapolitan Showdown, the worst thing about Christmas parties. And we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, your hour of power starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read, if you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. Well, is this the first time we've done this blind? Uh, no, we've recorded this. When I, when, I forget which episode it was. When I was in Galena, I had crappy Wi-Fi on the phone. Oh, and so yeah. we just talked over the phone there, too. It feels like I'm talking to, like... Like the spirit of most awesome, because I'm just so used to seeing you. But it's like one of those like shitty tech movies from the late '90s where I've like tapped into like your existence, but I can't see you. Yeah, the the ghost <laughs> of podcast past. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right, guys, rip from the headlines. We're talking bowl season. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Ooh, we're talking about it because uh, right now all the we've got the the Cheez Its Fiesta Hot Sauce Bowl mm. going. We got all the good fun ones, so we wanted to get a little. Last second uh, college football talk, probably up until probably draft season, I guess. We want to squeeze it in this year here in this uh, this final weeks of uh, 2019. So let's get it going. Like right now is just kind of the big question is 
are there too many bowls? Are there still college football fans that are into the whole bowl season? Or is it just something to put on like in the background of the TV while like you do like a gift exchange? Yes, I think that I think the latter is 100% accurate. I mean, obviously, if you've got your your alumni team in there or, you know, you're you're bleeding blue like uh, like me, Brandana. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're, you'll you'll tune in for that game. But for the most part, it is just kind of in the background, and you know you're you're watching the you know the Carhartt uh, Bowl while uh, two teams that you've never heard of play, and hopefully you get an exciting game. That's also the fun thing is the random like three o'clock in the afternoon, and it's like sixty five, sixty six. It's just like yeah. high school <laughs> shootout. You have no you have no idea who's what, and you just you're just rooting for you know a fun game, and that's always nice when everyone's uh, doing a little day drinking too. That's always always make the bowl season go down easier. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, don't put it beyond me. I will bet on some of these games. I just don't have any idea what the hell's going on. Like I see 100%. this. Uh, I, I would think one positive thing we do kind of get from the bowl games or something that's even interesting for like the super casual fan is, isn't it like um, inner division, right? It's a bunch of different styles of football playing each other. Like right now I'm just seeing like K-State versus Navy. You know, like I, I just, mm-hmm. we're not seeing like a lot of these, you know, big 12 matchups, SEC, something that they're kind of used to that style of football. So it's kind of like two different styles clashing. Like, you know, like that, uh, what was that Oklahoma, like Boise State way back in the day? And it's just like, what are we going to come out with? Like who is going to yield? Yeah, 100%. That's, uh, and it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned that too because Chris Peterson, who is the head, head coach of – uh, Boise State during that game actually just retired. He was head coach of Washington. Uh, he retired <laughs> last night, winning out against Boise State. Was is Washington Huskies beat hmm. uh, Boise State? So yeah, there there's always a great uh, you know you have these underdog teams, these different styles of play. I know the one game that I think from a, like a style of play because you brought it up, I'm really kind of interested. In it is actually the Cheez It Bowl. Um, and it's on, I think the Saturday or I think it's Friday, the 27th that they, that they play it's air force versus Washington. So it is like wishbone offense for air force versus air raid Washington state. So like those two confluences of, uh, styles are something that I look forward to and, and like for an exciting game over under on that. If you're paying attention, 68 and a half points. Uh, so it should be high scoring. It's one of the higher score or, or higher, uh, over-unders, I think, in, in in the bowl season this year. Oh, yeah, that's a late one. That's some all your day drinking's done, and you're moving to night drinking, just trying to mellow out, turn on that Cheez-Its Bowl. <laughs> I honestly just thought you were making up that name, so good to know the Cheez-Its Bowl is a real thing. Oh, I really wanted to do another <laughs> quiz college football for Brandon and give you, like, oh, that's awesome. three three bowl names that are, are fake, or, or one bowl name that's real and two that are fake and let you guess, but... Uh, I just didn't have time in this holiday season, so I'm just I'm just gonna be making out the 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 Mab Sports podcast bowl. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I, I would have. Uh, yeah, you would have caught me off guard with that. Um, okay, so bowl games kind of in the background. Are we seeing a lot more like seniors that might be going on to the draft not playing in the bowl games, or are these Ooh, still kind yeah. of like taken seriously? Yeah, no, there's there's a bunch, there's seniors and juniors that are, are taking it off. Um, there's already quite an extensive list, I'm looking at it right now, that it's almost like we play in this, Brandana. There's Look probably like 25 seniors and juniors that are not going to play for their um, their team in, in, in the bowl season. So Cam Akers, Eno Benjamin, A.J. Dillon, all three running backs are juniors coming out early. 
Um, I think I'm trying to look at some other potential first rounds. Andrew Thomas, the 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 tackle out of Georgia, potentially a first round guy. He's going to be sitting out. I I definitely think, um, you know, and this will be this would be one reason I think how you've asked me is like should they expand the college football playoff? Um, if it gets to an obscene level where just no one sits and and plays in these games, everyone sits out. Um, I could see this being a reason why why the college football fans viewers would want it to push to a six or eight team you know playoff because you want to keep these excellent players in there and watch them play yeah yeah that's the point like it's i don't even think you know it's just it antiquated is even it's just kind of a tradition and it's, it's good and i see why they did that and i think even before you know with the national championship was just kind of decided on paper or maybe there's one game that people were watching it was nice for, you know, kind of all these kids to have their own thing to kind of like wrap up the season and just kind of like right. one final game. And now, you know, kind of one of the drawbacks of the playoff, which, you know, I think I don't think anybody's really anti the four game playoff. I think your only take could be like, do you want to expand it more? The drawback would be like the bowl season, which was already kind of under, you know, criticism for just how necessary it is and how it's just kind of a little mm-hmm. oversaturated. Now it's just it's done that even more to it. Yeah, exactly, and and these games are even now with a you basically you have to be five hundred to qualify for a bowl, so six and six, and everyone's trying to dip their toe into the bowl season. Uh, these games are really you know unless you're a guy that this might be your last college football game ever, and then you're just going to go off into the workforce or uh, you know maybe be like a grad assistant coach. Like this is your last chance to do it. But anyone who's got a real career after this. Like I mentioned, you know, Cam Akers and you know Benjamin. These guys are. It's like, why, why risk it? I'm, I'm literally, I could play and be fine, and you know, go out on a win with my teammates who I've spent you know the last three or four years with, or I could have a devastating injury like, a, like a Maurice Clorette in, in uh, way back when, and here he tore up his knee in, uh, in that uh, bowl game there. Obviously, they were playing for a national championship, but that significantly damaged his, his, his stock. And it's like, or oh, I could do that. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I don't hold it against these guys for sitting out. Uh, can you give me a little rough idea not to put you on the spot, but that's what I do, <laughs> and that's why you take it, because you're the talent. <laughs> uh, just kind of over the last 10 years, number of bowl games, has that been dramatically increasing, maintaining, or decreasing? Ooh, that's a good question. I felt like... I feel like it I went up, like, right? Because like a lot of these bowls are like you know like pinstripe bowl came out of nowhere, and then like I, I but I just don't know if it's like bowls getting kind of renamed like Red Box Bowl, like the Red Box things only been a technology of like the last ten years, so that to me feels right. new. Yeah, it's it's those things where it's like I mean I'm looking at it right now. It's like I felt like that there was like thirty bowls. I felt like that that was like so that would have been sixty teams. That would have been just a shade over you know, a little little more than half of college football teams now. And I'm looking at the the things and I've got, you know, basically, you know, we're probably looking at close to like 35 bowls. I mean, if you start factoring in the playoffs too, I mean, there's a lot of games that are out there. So I do think it is there. And I think I think the reason for it is is that it's it's a great branding for, you know, these businesses. It's pretty low investment. Um, and they, you know, the bowls, the, the, the stadiums and the areas wants to host it because it's a little revenue generator. So it's a win-win all the way around for them, 
So I think that's why we see, and it's a relatively nominal investment for these business, like the the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl. Like there's no, it's not going to cost them that much, but they'll get on ESPN and, and it's content and it'll be on there somewhere. And they got basically three and a half hours of advertising that they otherwise wouldn't have. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Like that's a real, yeah. that's a real poll that yeah. uh, happened. Um, yeah, it's crazy. All right, real fast before we get out of this, this will be the last opportunity for the audience to hear our take on the Fiesta and Peach Bowl coming up next Saturday. Yes. Uh, who do you have in the Fiesta real fast, and who do you got in the Peach? We got Ohio State versus Clemson and Fiesta, Peach Bowl, LSU, OU. Mm. So uh, much to the chagrin of uh, Erica Munoz, our, our audience listener out there, I think in the Peach Bowl, I think LSU is going to take down Oklahoma. I actually do think it's going to be uh, high scoring, but I think uh, LSU is going to run away from it as their defense is significantly better than Oklahoma's. And I don't think I'm shocking anybody that uh, LSU is a 13-point favorite heading into it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, as much as it pains me to say this, I think there's a little championship season hangover for Clemson. Oh. They haven't really played anybody. Um, Ohio, you fill in the rest, yep. hasn't played anybody either, and they weren't down uh, for most of the season until that Wisconsin game. But I like their athletes. I think they look good, and uh, they've played better competition overall. So I give the slight edge to Ohio, you fill out the rest. Uh, and then it's LSU, Ohio, and I think Coach O. For LSU, I think gets oh, it done. Oh, yeah. Joe we'll, Burrow yeah, we'll is get... on that season. They're mm-hmm. playing at a different level, and I think LSU takes it. All right. We'll circle back. We'll talk about it. One at yeah. a time. We'll jump into it. We got our first. We're giving these picks, and I do see eye to eye with you, brother. I think LSU, as much as it pains me, go blue for you, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio, you fill in the rest. Um, all right, brother. Let's jump into the inbox. Got a couple we're going to hit right at the gate. Sorry, honey. Um, there's a new trend to hire or pay a celebrity <laughs> to deliver a recorded v- video message. Some are good news, some are bad. Most awesome, God forbid that Dr. And Mrs. Commission should ever realize what a worthless turd you are. What celebrity <laughs> video breakup call could she send you and you somehow feel pretty good about it? Oh, this is good. This is very good. Yeah, this um, is listener uh, I, Binger. Uh, Happy holidays, Binger. Thanks for what's that? Sitting. Yeah, banger, very good. Um, she she hasn't quite figured this out, so thank thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, um, I I would I would guess that she would probably go like a Jennifer Love Hewitt to really soften uh, the blow. Yeah, a little pulling it back. You know, maybe um, she knows I have uh, an affinity for one Emily Ratajkowski. I don't even know if I know how to pronounce that. She doesn't yeah. see it. She doesn't get it. So that would that would really feel like it softened the blow. And then I started thinking if she wanted to really dig the dig the knife in my back to mm-hmm. let me know. Ooh. It would have to be like um it have to be I think Donald Williams. And you don't know who that is, but I do because Donald Williams is the uh UNC 1993 MOP of the Final Four where UNC beat Michigan. Donald Williams and for 25 points nailed like five or seven threes or something like that against us. Really came out of nowhere and just destroyed us. And then obviously you have uh, the the timeout that that shouldn't have been. Uh, that would really just that would really get me. She really would want to hurt me if she had Donald Williams be a cameo uh, divorcee. Have an old Donald Williams destroy you twice. That's got <laughs> right. her. Uh, I did. I wrote one for you, and I went with uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. 
Ooh, I love um, it. I here's, love it. Here's, what, uh, here's what I wrote Jennifer Love Hewitt saying on your little mm. cameo thing again. <laughs> Please. Uh, so this is me as Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, reading of Dr. Course. Misses the Commission's cameo message to Most Awesome. Um, <laughs> hey, Most Awesome. Uh, Dr. Misses the Commission is going to call it a wrap on this, uh, but you're right. I was making googly eyes at you at that one time at whatever party you mentioned a couple times every year. <laughs> that totally happened. You're not delusional. Godspeed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was the cameo message. All right, next in the inbox. Um, what's the most overrated thing about LA? Uh, the weather, John Wooden, chips and salsa from your favorite Mexican restaurant. What's yours? Ooh. Uh, um, so I love I love me some El Compadre. Yeah, that's that was uh, mine. Back in LA. That's like a staple, right? Yep. I mean, you, 100%. you can't go any better than that. Yeah. Um, ooh, of those three, I mean, chips and salsa, the, the level and disparity between chips and salsa at El Compadre versus other Mexican restaurants, you know, not that, not that different. No. But like the disparity between say, um, Steve Alford and John Wooden at UCLA, huge. And the difference in weather between LA and, uh, Mad Studios Midwest here in Indiana. Ooh, yeah. dramatic. So I'm yeah. going to go chips and salsa. Oh, wow. It, you're going to go chips and salsa. salsa. I, I like that. Uh, it's funny. You're not kidding. Uh, yeah, Bing and Stacey, they walk the walk on loving the chips and salsa. The last time mm. I saw them in L.A., which was this year, they brought this salsa to a party. Like, they're like, it always shows up, and it is uh, Dynamite, El Capaje. I did want to yes. switch this on the list, though. Can I go underrated thing about Los Angeles? I'm going to say oh, the traffic. And I, here's, here's, here's my point. Like, just hear me out. I know everyone's just like, oh, the traffic's bad. The traffic sucks. Oh, the traffic's terrible. But it's like not enough people are listing that as an excuse to move and packing up their bags and follow through on it. Like, the traffic's insane, but people somehow still deal with it. You hear about the East Coast and, like, the weather's shitty and people right. move and it's just like, oh, why'd you move? And it's just like, oh, fucking nor'easters and all that. Like, we just got to get out of there, like the snow. But it's still like no one's just like, I couldn't stand to be in a car for one more fucking second in that town. Oh, I tell you what, though, but once you get out of the oppression of traffic, you realize how bad it is. I think you're I think there's a little like uh, mm. Stockholm syndrome sure. for the traffic in L.A. Because I tell you what, man, when now I live there and I hear people talk about traffic and it's like, are you shitting me? Like you are you were there. You're anywhere in 25 minutes and you might have to wait like eight minutes in traffic. I'm talking a legit traffic in L.A. I heard a stat that. Uh, LA residents spend a hundred hours a year stuck in traffic. That's two and a half weeks, dude. Yeah, it's so two and a half weeks. Li- damn, life's too short. Like, really, people need to be looking at like, what can I do to free up this time? That's I, I don't care what you're trying to build here. Like, do something else in a different city. It's mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They almost need or, a different word. Like, traffic. Traffic doesn't work to just like describe it. We either need like what a lighter version of traffic is, or just kind of like its own special word for like LA and DC. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's that's something in a different echelon. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not even the same sport. Um, but I would say those in D.C. and L.A., holler at your podcast over here. You got plenty of time in the car. Listen to us. Listen to us. <laughs> Excellent. Our oh, power. You could, we could double up and you'd be fine. I love it, brother. Way to tie that back. Let's give ourselves a little air horn. Nice pull, bro. All right. It is time for MAB date night. We are doing Home Alone. The popcorn boxes are ready. Bring us to that jam, mm. Chris Allen. Oh, yeah. It's the map date night. The showdown is where they fight. 
Hear the discuss if this movie sucks. Why? Because this pod fucks. I said this pod fucks. Oh yeah, this pod fucks. All right, M A B date night, home alone. Ah, good holiday pull. Uh, first impressions after firing this up. When was the last time you watched this? Besides, like the viewing we just did. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, it would man, it'd probably have to maybe be high school, maybe. I mean, probably somewhere in there. Maybe dusting it off for when uh, Weed Oz was a little bit uh, older. So yeah, somewhere in that you know sixteen to nineteen range would be my guess. That makes sense. So but you probably you probably see like ago. like little chunks of it over the holidays, yeah. For sure, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you you scroll through it, you stop, you see where they're at. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. it's just uh, Catherine O'Hara freaking out at a a, a gate agent. I'm moving on. Yeah. I want to see some. I want to see uh, you know uh, Marv get uh, you know nailed. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely Marv. I want to talk about him. Like he's in my. He does a sneaky. I would say Academy Awards too strong, but like a pretty masterful performance in this. Pretty hit home. He makes you believe he's a doof. I like it. He's pretty solid. Well, th- this is probably a couple years away from firing it up for the kiddos, right? And making it a little go-to holiday movie. Well, that's the thing is we try to get I try to get them to like double dip on uh, their TV watching and a little Mab date night homework. Sneaky, nice. Uh, we're having it. Yeah, we have Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't fire it up. when they're they're they're. They're pretty strict on their cartoon-only policy, and it's hard for me to, to, <laughs> to break them on it. And you know what? They drew a line in the sand. They know what they want to see. It's, yeah, it's not exactly. like when you try to double up uh, tomorrow on the Monday Night Football game. with just guy Vikings, those are exciting, right? And Packers, ooh, they're green. That's fun. It's, a, it's like brains, except <laughs> with football players. Uh, all right, so after watching it through, um, does it hold up? I'd say yes. I mean, obviously, there's a little bit of like – era specific things that you have to get over but once you realize that the era that it's in i think it's fun it's a fun christmas movie i enjoy it and uh we were saying dr mrs the commission i were saying like a young kevin uh uh, mccully culkin kevin McAllister, like unbelievable performance like he nails that performance he is the perfect kid in that movie yeah it's really good because it goes through i mean i like it goes through a lot of progressions just i do think it holds up you know and it's not one of those that um and I think like the holiday, but you and I, our first date night, you know, went through a rough toe when we were watching um, <laughs> The Wizard. It didn't quite hold up. But this still has like all the stuff. Uh, and we'll get into toughest plot pills to swallow. But, you know, it's this is nice. Like it's a lot of fun. Um, the cliche fun for all ages. But I think kids can watch it just because of slapstick. Uh, adults right. watch it because of John Candy or whatever. And then it's like um, – it's got the heartstrings too, you know, like it gives you that positive message about family, you know, at the end. And then uh, it creates like a good villain without being like just kind of like grotesque or like over the top or does ring true. And I, I will say this, like uh, I, I did try to start making a little technology list of, you know, mm. what kind of technically doesn't make this movie hold up or what would change now. But the movie did try like really hard to try to close up all those little loopholes. You know, like it yeah. does it does the uh like the power gets cut out and then when they're like i like them doing the head count and the kid comes over macaulay culkin gets in trouble he's sent upstairs and so he doesn't hear like yeah. the hustle and bustle of the house uh i think the the day before i, I think there's something they never talk about though i think when that milk spills and the look what you did you little jerk fight that it supposedly oh, spills on one of the airline tickets 
which is Macaulay Culkin's, and that's thrown in. They don't really reference in the movie, but I feel like I read that somewhere. And quick shout out before uh, I forget. Did you get a chance to watch that, uh, the movies that made us on Netflix? I did not. It is on It is on the queue, but I have yeah. not. Oh, not all good. But yeah, if you, if you guys are listening also, and this is the perfect time to do it, because, uh, I mean, I know some Christmas super fans out there that are watching Home Alone in March, but if you're not a lunatic, this would be the time of the year to watch it and just kind of bone up on your Home Alone trivia. Uh, yeah, so it did that, and then they go to uh, the the power lines get cut out, which Catherine O'Hare hears about real fast, like right before they pull out. And then kind of everybody, the whole family is traveling together. So it makes sense that you can't send like an aunt or an uncle over there to check. Uh, yeah. They try to handle the cop thing, which is pretty close. And the last thing, like getting neighbors to check, it makes sense. Like no neighbors are in town because I guess that, you know, it's obviously the McAllisters are billionaires. I'm not exaggerating, but kind of everybody in that little cul-de-sac seemed to head out. Which is why yeah, you know those robbers yeah. are hitting everything. Yeah, uh, remind me to bring up the uh, McCall- McAllister's neighborhood yeah. and the uh, the the wide range of price uh, prices for homes there. You have uh, the McAllister McAllister's compound, and then right <laughs> yeah, across the street the is like this dumpy ass house. <laughs> it's like, what block is this in America? The McAllister compound. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, the McAllister moat, kind of like right in front of it, <laughs> just right, like they exactly. raise the flags in the morning. Um, cool, brother. Um, so let's jump into, uh, you want to do plot points, plot pills, hard to swallow. Yes. Uh, so what do you got? So I, so the one thing that I found was like really hard and I, and I don't know if it's like a a vestige of the past and just the lays off fair attitude of it, but I felt like, like you mentioned the cops, like if they called and a hysterical mother called and said, their boy was in the house and they left their boy in the house. Like, I think the cop today, or maybe even I felt like back then would make more of an effort to figure it out. You know what I mean? Not just like mm-hmm. ring the doorbell twice and head out. That, that, that was something that stood out to me. I was like, and just like the, the, I mean, and also too, and maybe it's again today, like if you called and said, Oh, I left my kid at home. Yeah. Uh, the police officers would be a lot more, uh, you know, they'd be they'd be a little bit more judgmental, and you, you you might have to deal with CPS when you came back home from Paris. Yeah, I, that would. You know, so what town are we in? This is Chicago, right? Chicago. Yeah, yeah and that's Chicago. the other thing. They and this is I think this is pre nine eleven more than anything. Chicago. They have an international flight to Paris. They leave with forty five minutes oh, yep, on, the on gate my list. Enough to go on my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, okay. that's a tough hustle, but. Again, you have to think like ninety. What is it like ninety three or or, or nineteen eighty nine? Like when did that movie come out? Oh, nineteen ninety. Yeah. That's supposed to be. So it came in nineteen ninety. Yeah. So you're talking eighty nine ninety. You're talking just like metal detectors in the airport. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, forty five minutes. And I think we even saw like the door was closed, and they're like the plane hasn't left, and they open the door, which never happens today. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not not at all. Which is actually a rule, you know. Like that's actually like a plot point in some movies. It's like once they shut that door, and in real life, like they don't open that door again. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And they they hand them all that. They're like, oh, just pick whatever seats are available. It's like, what? What? This is insane. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um. Yeah. So I had that. Uh. Ran to catch a plane in forty five minutes. Um. Okay. So the, my my big one is all right. Two different fucking idiots think that when. Kevin plays this movie on the TV with that surround sound system that it sounds like real bullets. I get yes. like we do firecrackers the second time, but like uh, 
I've never been in a situation where I've been in another room where like I've mistaken the TV for like a real person's voice. And especially like the more insane the conversation would be, even if I did think it was, I was just like, oh, there's probably not somebody here threatening to like blow someone else away. Right, exactly. And I also thought about this too. Does does Kevin get the McAllister compound blacklisted from Little Nero's Pizza? Like, does that pizza kid ever show up again, ever? Or like, I mean, they're never they're never getting pizza from that place ever again. That's true. It was a tough hang because when he first went there, he gets a nice tip from uh, Catherine O'Hare, and then uh, not so much the time he goes back. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, not so much exactly. Yeah, that that was definitely they they really. I think the the movie producers really fell in love with. Their angels with filthy souls, like yeah. faux movie that they made, and really wanted to work it in there, and really proud of themselves for it. I know it's still smart though them writing that and then able to reuse those lines after they set them up to us as viewers uh, to actually like play to two different scenario scenes. It's it's work well done, my friend. Yes, and keep the change, you filthy animal, mm-hmm. is in the lexicon. Yeah, like everybody in our age group, thirty five yeah. to. Blah, 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 we all know that line. We all know it. We all say it. We probably pulled it out a time or two in our adult lives. And it, it it's right there from our 1990 selves. All right, let's jump into uh, where are they now? Uh, I just, I ran the dice on this for <laughs> Kevin McAllister. I'm, I'm saying he's going to, he's a detective, like either anti-intelligence or intelligence division. Uh, just seeing moves before they're made. Yeah, like, yeah. just the way he cased that house. Well, the first time, like, kind of figuring out uh, his place was being cased and then kind of playing it off, like, figuring out what the plan is, kicking the can down the road a little bit, making it feel like his parents were there. And then as soon as he knew the jig was up on that, kind of planning out his booby trap and knowing kind of where the attack would be coming from and all these different things and playing it out. I mean, even, like, when he runs and he makes the 911 call for them, for the cops to come meet him across the street – because they knew yeah, he was going to go across the street and he knew he was going to be chased over there. It's it's just it's good shit. Yeah, exactly. Um I, I did see I did read something where there's like a, a an internet thing that Kevin grows up to be the guy. What is it like Jigsaw from the Saw movies? <laughs> you know, like want to play a game like he just really goes perverse <laughs> with it. So I'm not going to go that direction. I actually do like your angle of like him, but I even think it goes even a step further. I think if he's he if he's basically like a junior G-man as a kid and just taking these two dubs or these two boobs uh, through uh, an obstacle course in his house. I, I mean, how is he not going to like the next level, like counterintelligence and like terrorism and going across and like really, you know, zero dark thirdering it up in uh, like Afghanistan somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, brother, uh, before we move on, I just, uh, I got to bring up John Candy and Daniel Stern battling, uh, batting a thousand. So John yes. Candy, uh, so when you guys watch the Netflix thing or whatever, the movies that made us, like, they just had him hired for one day just so they could afford it. And just, like, you know, they took the most of that day. And he just kind of improv that scene about the polka thing and everything. And he's just – John Candy was just great. Like, every every year you just got to go on a little John Candy – like, just hilarious, like, just, like, wholesome, I guess. But I don't mean that as, like, a burn or anything. He just kind of seems like, you know, as a kid, like, Uncle Buck, you were just like, yeah, well, you know, I wish that was my uncle. Oh, fucking Uncle Buck rocks, dude. Yeah. I love that. The Great Buck Outdoors. Melanoma, Molly Russell's yeah. Wart. Here's mm-hmm. a quarter. Take that thing and get, get a rat, <laughs> rat chew it off. I fucking love Uncle Buck. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? It's really it's sad to, to, to think like 
we think about like Chris Farley and this is no shot at Chris Farley yeah. and how great he was. And, and, but here's a guy, John Candy, who like legit died too young. And I don't think gets the just due in his, you know, like not to bring up another dead celebrity, but like Robin Williams esque, like he was super funny, really hilarious, but also had, you know, the emotional heartstrings that he could pull on, uh, you know, going to like planes, trains, and automobiles, and all those other things. Like, yeah, that dude had range. It was like a fantastic actor, just a big, warm, loving like teddy bear. And I think he's like super underrated. I don't think people really talk that much about John Candy, uh, at least when when I'm around. I don't I don't hear people going off on it. Yeah, that's true. So I think um, that's where we're picking up the slack right here. Is we should be talking about John Candy a little bit more. Yeah, get yeah. Get, on, get your shit together, audience. Talk about candy. <laughs> Let's talk candy talk. Do a little segment. We'll see. So we can fill <laughs> that up. Uh, all right, and then yeah, like I said, Daniel Stern. He's just like so like just. He was just like, yeah, kids are afraid of the dark. It's like you're afraid of the dark, Marv. It's just like all this yeah. little, just you can the way he plays with the camera on how you can just see like the wheels working in his head and trying to figure shit out and just this these little slides. It's just really, really funny. Oh, and there's no better scream than the, than the tarantula scream. Oh when he yeah, he gets that thrown on his chest. That is like, oh my god, it is it is funny, and also like you totally get where that's coming from. You know what I mean? It's great. Yeah, the the screams, the falls. Like there's um, again, not stepping on the Netflix show. And the last time I referenced it, I just want to let the audience know, like I'm not claiming all that shit. It's just the information I got yeah. from it. It's like the fall is actually called now in movies like the Home Alone fall and. The stunt guys just took the take of just fucking throw themselves up as high in the air as they can and then land. And as they were shooting it, they were almost just like, this almost looks, is this going to play like too fucked up? Like, is this fall look like it's going to hurt too much? But it, uh, it played in hilarious. Yeah. Those screams. Uh, I think my favorite moment in the whole movie is when, uh, you got Joe Pesci kind of coming to, and the spider's on him. He doesn't know, and he just see Marv over over him with the crowbar. He's just like Marv, <laughs> like like he's been double crossed. He's like Marv, yeah. what what are you doing, Marv? Right, he's exactly. like stay still. Yeah, yeah it's good. It's really funny that they're they 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 balance an interesting line of like being the villains, but also being like the comedic. Yeah, uh, you know, strong guys in this because they really have to, especially with like the physical comedy aspect of it. Um, it's just one of those things where, and and he's great at it. Daniel Stern's great at it, but Joe Pesci's pretty good at it too. Oh yeah, he really like is. something you wouldn't think Joe Pesci normally to be in. You know, he kind of nails some of the comedic humor, like you said, just like looking back at Daniel Stern, going like, "What are you? What are you doing? Like, what's up? What's going on?" Uh, it's great. Right, so I'll give you right before we get into Rake of the Air Horns, uh, I'll give you a free pass on one. Which out of all those attacks would you absolutely rank as the top? You do not want it happening to you. Ooh, it's got to be the door handle right off the get go. Oh, the grabbing like, the door when handle? He, when he grabs that and he's got the M yeah. burnt into his hand, that's like game over. Yeah, yeah you I see would, the smoke I'd rising. be out. I'd be like, oh, let's get her, S- <laughs> like, let's get her shit. Get out of here. We're not doing this anymore. This place is fucked up. Yeah, uh, I gotta go blow torch to the dome. Oh yeah, that's, that's just right. like that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you like your scalp. Like you, it might like permanently melt your scalp to where it's just like you ain't your hair's never coming back if yeah. your brain wasn't cooked a little bit. Right, and that's the other thing too. In my mind, I remember that as like he like functioned and like fashioned like 
a hairspray like gel and like with a little torch that's like a legit i don't know where he got that that's like a legit like problem that's gonna make a real fire in that house Oh, that's true, but yeah, my almost like uh, hats off to Kevin McAllister. He put all this shit together like pre-internet. Like he didn't yes. look up these booby traps. He had them drawn with the, a crown. I want to, and I don't want to totally uh, backtrack on this, but dude, that that is another little small little subplot that is. So he gets home from church. He's got basically an hour, and he sets that whole thing up in the house in an hour. Oh wow, it's yeah. a tough build. That's a tough. Beat. Yeah, I know you might have planned it out in your mind, Kevin, but yeah. you're only eight years old. Also, too. Let's go back to this, and uh, you're at church with old man Marley, who we haven't even talked about yet. Yeah. And you don't think to say, hey, old man, who we're having this moment, you're my neighbor. There are these oh, yeah. two criminals who are uh, who are going to be, you know, coming by the house. Why don't you tell an adult, Kevin? That's Why don't you tell somebody? Or do you want the bloodlust? Do you want it a little bit? That's funny. That I guess that is that part of That's probably got to be one of the points of the jigsaw thing. And that's a good yes. point. Like, the old man Marley... Uh, like super quick to just like kind of forgive all those past stories he heard. Like he's sitting next, like he's been scared of him. He runs out of a convenience store, uh, steals a toothbrush, like all this stuff. And then just meets him in church. And old man Mari's like, you can just say hi to me sometimes. He's like, okay, sounds good. Like you should call your kid. And then like drops his dope device and then goes home to set up all these booby traps. Just like that's a quick, quick Marley forgiving. And if, if you're this good at planning all the timing out, you knew you weren't going to have time to eat that mac and cheese. I just yeah. say, like, he finally sits down. Like, all this stuff, he's got it down to the hour. He knows it takes whatever, like, six minutes to cook in the microwave. He's got to look, and he's just like, there's no way I pull this off. There's no, 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 maybe, exactly. Maybe, I'm, I'm, doing this, I'm doing this scheme on an empty stomach. Yeah, maybe, No time for that. Maybe, like, double up. Put it a little uh, – when you're tire, tying the iron to fall out of the laundry chute, maybe in your other hand you have, like, the mac and cheese, and you just kind of – it's a working meal. All the adults yeah, yeah, do yeah. it. Ooh, mac and cheese is hard to eat on the go. So I do, I do understand where he's at on that. But, oh, okay. uh, but uh-huh. yes, exactly. Like you're laying out all these, all these ornaments. You're you're tar, you know, here when you're tarring up the uh, the stairs, that's a perfect opportunity for you. to <laughs> It's messy. You're you know, who, you're not going to worry about getting a little mac and cheese on your shirt. Come on, <laughs> when you're tarring up the stairs. Um. All right, real fast. Anything else you got, buddy? That you want to hit before we rank this air horns? Oh, I just realized, too, when we were talking about it, when Old Man Marley comes to save him, hammers Marv and Harry with the shovels. Yeah. Then the cops show up, and it's like, all right, back to your house, Kevin. See you later. <laughs> like, they don't really pay that off. Um, but, yeah, uh, Kevin McAllister, McCully Culkin, super fucking cute kid. Um, uh, they they set up the whole movie great, like you mentioned in the beginning, about just getting him there. I loved I loved young Mitch Murphy, that little kid that comes over across from the neighborhood, just being that annoying, doofy kid asking a bunch of questions and him getting mixed yeah. into the count. Yeah. I loved it all. I thought it was great. Super enjoyable. Uh, that's all I got. Yep. I love a story that's just like, it's really tight. Like it's tight. It knows what it wants to tell. It's no fat on that from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, all right. Zero to five air horns. Let's start it. I, I think I did five. Was that five? You gave it five for five. Nice brother. Oh man, I the, five for five. Maybe maybe it's the holiday the season. The holidays got little, you little all mushy and sweet. I gave it four, uh, but it's Look also guys. Fucking if you want next cold. date night, uh, let us know what we should watch. Maybe a John Candy movie. Uh, shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail dot com. All right, guys, our new segment uh, for the closing out of this decade: top two, bottom two of the two thousand tens. Bring us to the jam. There's nothing where- 
Top two, bottom two of the 2010s. Uh, we're ranking all different things of the decade, given our top two. And I keep saying we're not ranking. We're not ranking. Yes. No, 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 no ranks here, folks. No, just top if two. If you want a two. ranking of the top two or bottom two shows of the 2010s, go somewhere else. That's what we're doing. If you want someone to put their reputation on the line and give you things in order, that's a pass for us. Hard, two. hard pass. Take Look somewhere order. else. Uh, this week, we are doing television shows this one got a little trickier because is it if the television show show uh existed any time within that decade i just said there is one mm. on my list that started before the decade but majority of its time was actually in the 2010s so i put it on there. yes yeah yeah Play i fast I'm with you on that i i wanted if like a sh- if a show ran like eight or nine seasons and two of them started in like two thousand eight and nine. Yeah, I'm 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 wrapping that up in the twenty tens because it probably just caught momentum. The other thing that I wanted to bring up is is and I don't know if you've seen like Chernobyl, but like the the maxi series, if you will, like eight episodes is basically like two movies worth of shows. Like oh yeah, those yeah. didn't those didn't make the cut for me. In and and I obviously try to you know we talk about recency bias, but like those shows like that, I think were more prevalent in the latter half of the decade. But uh, I didn't didn't make my uh, didn't make my list because I felt like you had to have a couple seasons run. So like the miniseries, got it? Yeah, that makes sense. So almost yeah. like uh, yeah, it was like the the um, what was that? Truth and Lies? Was that Lies? It's not Pretty Little Liars. It's a TV show. What's the uh, Nicole Kidman show? It did so well that they brought it back for like a second miniseries run. Oh yeah, no, I thought that is yeah, I think Big Little oh, Lies. Big Little Lies. Not pretty. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I was like I was like Truth and Lies, Truth or Dare. Yeah, truth No, but it's also truth it's also tapes? the reason why True Detective and I know you and I both love True Detective. Ooh. But it's also the reason why it didn't make it on the list for me as much as I wanted to try and find a way to sneak season one on there. Yeah. Uh, you had to look at the whole body of work. And I think you and I are true believers on season two, right? Like, we both like season two. And we thought Vince Vaughn fucking fucks in that, in that season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also like season three, like, quietly don't sleep on it. It, um... Season three got Stephen Dorff a real network gig. I know. He's, he's, <laughs> I know that Stephen Dorff is no longer doing ads for e-cigarettes, and now that he's like, alone. Hey, I'm, "I'm back in it. I'm popping now." I know Stephen Dorff was so low he actually had to put together a physical resume again, and he listed like season three of True Detective, which is great. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. So that was on my list. So I'll just come out of the gate with I assume this one's going to be on both of ours. So let's just tackle it out of the onset. Uh, Game of Thrones. 2011 yes, yes. to 2019 we're talking the apex of sex and violence coming together hbo not pulling any punches not fucking around uh here's what you're gonna get a lot of nudity a lot of beheading a lot of nudity a lot, yeah a lot of swords going into chests um right a lot a, of dragons yeah a lot a lot of cursing and then um yeah, the story's really strong. Here, the reason I got to give Game of Thrones, and I'll let you jump in and do your take, brother, is it, it just ballsy as fuck. They had to walk in there and they were just like, look, who the fuck watches Lord and the Rings? You know, it's a little too all in to yes. do this fantasy series. Uh, I hadn't heard about it before. I know the book series is like popular, but it's just like seeing what they could do with it and then just going full tilt on it. And it is uh, like it sucks you in. Yeah, no, they totally nailed it. As as you and I probably discussed, I'm not a huge fantasy guy. I don't yeah. get in it. I don't no. like the whole thing. But I felt hook, line, and sinker in Game of Thrones. Was it the sex? Partly. 
Sure. Was it the was it the violence? A little bit. Yeah. But it it was a great story. I really enjoyed it. And they I mean, they crushed it. I know people have lots of misgivings about the final season and, and, and I've said it on the pod, go fuck yourself. Yep. I don't care. Exactly. But they owned the decade. If you were if you were to force us to rank it, you'd probably it'd be tough not to it'd be tough to rank a show higher on that list because they own the decade. It was the most talked about. I mean we even talked about it as like, is this the last show that is going to be appointment viewing where people have to watch and if you don't watch your ass out. And it's it definitely feels that way because like we talked about, the miniseries and all these things that you can binge watch. This was an event. Game of Thrones was an event. Yeah, that's absolutely right. But then I, I think you put it perfectly. Like, appointment uh, viewing television and it's your other point. There's no way that you talk about just kind of the um, television series renaissance and how that kind of took over. And now you're a lot more inclined to stay inside and just binge watch something of all this amazing content on your television and not sure. bring up Game of Thrones. Like, you just can't do it. Not going to happen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right, brother. Um, yeah, and I do want to jump on this, too, in case we haven't said enough, because we don't know how many more times Game of Thrones is going to come up. Uh, if you didn't like the ending, then watch a different fucking show. It's not on you. <laughs> it's not on you. If you don't like someone's art, like the, what they put their time out and worked out on them, it's like this, this just petition to rewrite. It's like, what are we talking about? What yeah. are we talking about? Just like you want someone to shoot it exactly. This, this is a choose-your-own-book adventure. You know how expensive it would be to make someone's – like own ending and all these different shows. Move on. I can't. You got me all fired yeah, up. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We we could spend a whole hour of power just on that. So we would do it. But it is an hour of power. We would have gone to try to stay too true to that. So moving on. Uh, I got Mad Men as my other one. I knew you did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. you love Mad Men. I, I love, love Mad, Mad Men. Men. Don't love get me wrong. Uh, two thousand seven to two thousand fifteen. Uh, yep. Kind of introduce us to a little bit. I mean, put AMC on the map uh, again. We're talking. This is earlier than Game of Thrones, but we're talking just like. Uh, just an amazing time, the beginning of an amazing time of just television coming to the small screen. Uh, Mad Men, we got you know, uh, Don Draper, just kind of an anti-hero that we really hadn't seen. You know, our anti-heroes before this had been a little bit more, uh, you know, Tony Soprano, uh, something mm-hmm. like just something violent or just like nefarious or not that Don Draper's not, but he wasn't like a full blown out like criminal or murderer or someone that we felt kind of guilty about liking like we this this character was created so well we kind of tightrope walked with him between his kind of moral ambiguity his kind of double standards with also like kind of feeling a little bit on his difficulties of like accepting who he is and his insecurities his insecurities he felt inside while like just conveying and actually believing in this kind of like sociopath that he would put like in the boardroom in the meetings it was just like and it it didn't feel rushed and it didn't feel like there were any tricks it was just like good character development yeah and yeah you're 100 percent right on that and also with all that going on set it was a period piece set in the most perfect time yeah from a real culture shift you had so much stuff going in and around on draper uh, setting in the, you know, in the, I guess, was it the early 60s through to the 70s, right? I think that's yeah. the the rough time period. But such a cultural land, like, shift in everything that was going on made it made it really rich for every other character. Your, you know, the Christina Hendricks characters, you know, Elizabeth Moss, Peggy's character development, 
going through that whole arc and becoming where she was in the receptionist pool to then basically being a you know this force of nature towards the end of it and really kind of coming into her own it was it was really well done because you, you, we all came for Don Draper, but we stayed for all these other things that went around it and all these like rich characters um, that came in and out of the episodes that were emblematic of the times. And I know like for they you know we were not of that generation as our parents were, and at like hearing some of the stories of how their parents or like our grandparents grew up or some of the things that were going on like it very much was like, it felt like it was a, like a little snapshot that we got to see. And it felt very true to that life in that era. And so I was, you know, I think emotionally you see that and you're, you just get hooked in right away because how can you not watch all this stuff in the, just this, everything like is in flux from, you know, uh, socioeconomics to, you know, interpersonal and to like, you know, just male, female, and the gender roles and all this stuff. Like they do a great job of it along with having really strong actors and really strong characters. It was a phenomenal show. That being said, I didn't have it in my top two, but <clears> I loved it. I loved it quite a bit. All right, well, uh, who'd you have beat it out, bro? I, I have beat it out. I have Breaking Bad, uh, a and I mean, this is the shift from... This decade will go down as a shift from uh, the big three, ABC, NBC, CBS, um, Fox. None of the shows <laughs> that I even entertained were on this. Breaking Bad to me was about as perfect as Walter White uh, played. Uh, oh, now I'm drawing a blank on his name. Fuck. Drink, everybody. Oh. Um, but uh, unbelievable. Brian Cranston. Thank you. Take this, spit that drink back into your, into your <laughs> cup. Uh, so Brian, Brian Cranston was fucking unbelievable. Aaron Paul. Um, again, like, here's a guy, like, again, an anti hero, a guy who is you know, getting ready to die. He's a chemistry teacher, has really nothing left to leave his wife and his young son who has, like, cerebral palsy Mm. and is, you know, got a short term to live and comes across this kid who was a high school, you know, burnout, Aaron Paul's character, Jesse, and befriends him and gets into the meth game and then becomes obsessed with it and completely and has this compulsory need to finally feel relevant because he was a once in a generation. We find out later, he's this once in a generational, you know, chemistry mind that, you know, had a couple bad breaks and ended up just being a high school chemistry teacher. Mm-hmm. And now is, is coming into, you know, what he thought of himself, you know, in his own right. Like you said, a sociopath and a narcissist and all these things. And you realize that basically throughout the thing, you're rooting for a guy that is just pouring copious amounts of meth into the streets of Albuquerque. And he's, and his, his brother is a, a brother-in-law is a detective who they can't carefully towards the last couple of seasons have this, you know, dance of is, is he going to figure out his brother is this, this meth kingpin and Walter Wire in uh, in Hessman, and uh, it's unbelievable. It's a great show. Uh, El Camino. They they rolled out the movie after what happened to Jesse Palmer or Jesse Palmer. Jesus, Jesse. After he gets out of everything, it's a great story. It's a little bit boring, but it's still kind of put a nice little <laughs> cap to what we all assumed would happen. But the show Breaking Bad was Vince uh, Vince Gilligan fucking crushed it, dude. Crushed it. Um, it's a great show. All right, I'll give it another shot. I got halfway through, lost a little momentum. It might have just been timing and 
You know, yeah. that's, that's happened before. It's one of those shows. The, the, that's like the Americans for us. Like, Dr. Miss and the Commission have tried to roll it back twice. Yeah. Doesn't happen. Can't do it. I, everyone loves it. Everyone thinks it's great. Uh, can't do it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, you know what you won't do is you won't write an email trying to get a petition to have them rewrite the Americans to make it more interesting <laughs> for you. Um, all right, brother. Let's hop on the bottom two. Um, out of the gate, I have – so on this, I didn't – obviously, there's a bunch of – dog shit TV shows are kind of getting put out there. I didn't put anything that, you know, it's just like a strong pass or that you look and there's just like, yeah. you know, there's no way I'm going to watch this. Um, yeah. I, didn't... I also put on this list, I had to have watched it too. Exactly. That's the yeah. other thing. So it's a little, there's a little uh, bad TV catharsis going on here. I'm going to really own up to some of my garbage shows that I watch. Exactly. Uh, okay. So I did This Is Us. Um, Oof. It stings. I've watched it. Uh, man, I was really excited about it, especially because it looked like it was going to fill that void that Parenthood left. That yes, any, yes. anybody listening to the podcast knows that that's like one of my fo- top five TV shows of all time. Uh, it j- and I love you know SKB, Sterling K. Brown. It just was mm-hmm. too saccharine. Like it just it, to me, it wasn't earning the emotional tugs. It just it looked like the agenda was to try to get me to like emotionally cry like once every act break before like the commercial and it was just like it just wasn't ringing true like the intentions seemed more just of a show trying to be quote unquote like emotional instead of you know yes. what parenthood did really well which is just kind of like letting those real moments just ring true and then it take you where it's going to take you because you'd invested so much in the characters that are just so true to life as opposed to like these overly lit kind of scenes with just like Sterling K. Brown like a tear welling up in his eye just happen yeah yeah we've dr mrs commission i have watched it um we didn't couldn't pick up on this last season it's just getting too schmaltzy uh sterling k brown love him fantastic randall his character makes me want to make my bed because that's what randall does and he makes his bed and i love him i love that guy i love that character he's fantastic and uh milo ventimiglia who plays jack is unbelievable um and then, uh, you know, those are the two forces that really jerk my, you know, the tears out of my skull. Once we don't have that, we lose that. I'm kind of out of it. Mandy, Mandy Moore is actually pretty good in it. Um, but, yeah, I would say it's very schmaltzy. And uh, I think if you had kids, though, you, you'd give it a little bit more of a pass, maybe longer than you did. But uh, that's just me. That's just old M.A. But I'm not saying it's not on, it doesn't deserve any of the worst, too. Um, my number two, I'm going to go direct difference uh, in total style, genre, and everything. Uh, I'm sh- ashamed to say that I did watch this. It was a phenomenon culturally in the uh, early 2010, started from 2009 to 2012, and they ran it back the last couple of years with their family reunions. I'm talking about the reality show, The Jersey Shore. Oh, The I'm Jersey Shore. I'm to say that I watched more of it than I'd like to admit. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Good yeah, hang. Ron, the oh. situation, mm-hmm. Paulie D, uh, Sammy Sweetheart, Jay Wow, uh, Snooky. I know it all. Vinny, the Guido, the Keto Guido. I don't. People, look, I get it. You you respect me more. You respect me more than this. Yeah. This is why it pains me to show. This is one of the worst shows of the decade, maybe even the year, just because it really, um, really was a black eye for uh, reality television. Yeah, so was this a TV that you would seek out to watch? Like, if you didn't, if you miss an episode of the Jersey Shore, would it be sitting somewhere on a DVR and you'll run that back and make sure you digest before you move on? Ooh, 
man, it's been a while since I've DVR'd anything because I just go back in and just find whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think it was DVR or just like hungover binge watching on MTV. Yeah. Uh, pre pre dating kids, you had more free time. Uh, you could watch TV whenever. Uh, come home for lunch and pop in a little Jersey Shore. Just easy, easy watching. Um, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, it's a it's a terrible show, and I, I'm I'm sad. I'm gonna make Brandana edit this portion of the. Of the <laughs> oh man, you stole my joke out of it. I was just like, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you after we get this done. Like I'm gonna give you till morning. I want you to sleep on this. You send me a text in the morning. You're just like, can you delete that out? No problem, brother. I got you. Like, yeah, the, exactly. How it's close is the dead air for five minutes? How close is the potty and following? So you listed one. You listed two bottom two. So they come to the bottoms for the laughs. Uh, all right, my other bottom two. This is something I have watched, uh, and it's a podcast callback. Uh, I was forced to for the hour of sour. I put the neighborhood up there. That's right. This is oh, our. This is right. Yeah. This is this is Cedric the Entertainer, right? Yep, Cedric the Entertainer. Uh, and then you got uh, Max Greenberg. Sh- yeah, Max Greenberg Schmidt from New Girl. Uh, and we're doing. New Girl. We're Good doing uh, our classic three camera sitcom, uh, an antiquated kind of well everybody gets so you know it's just it's a style of a different generation that uh you know just kind of the audience laugh track and uh this one needs all the audience laugh track it can get because it's a lot of from the episode i saw it's just going to hit those cliche jokes <laughs> oh that's good i'm glad I, I made you suffer and watch that uh my number well, I guess we are, we're not numbering them. I've watched them. i watched more of them than I should. I don't really know what the show really meant. I think it didn't really... It hit me in, a, in, a, in an area where I couldn't identify with it, but I was just... It was like watching a car accident all the time. I'm going to go with Girls on HBO. I know this is going to rub Ooh. a lot of people the wrong fucking way, um, but I just don't see it. I don't see... I don't understand Leah Dunham. Uh, the humor and it just progressively got worse. Her character Hannah just got like more and more insufferable. Um, Adam Driver's character, like in the first few episodes, like I, I couldn't have been more out on a dude um, as an individual than I was in those first couple episodes of Girls. Um, I know Allison's Allison Williams's character. I don't even know what her name is. The the the. Uh, disgraced TV news yeah. reporter's daughter. Um, all these, the funny thing is I did see like a, a, a clip of, or like a Photoshop poster of a girl's um, like season two or something like this. And it was like, cause all, every one of the girls has like Zoe Mamet, like all their parents um, are some way involved in the industry or famous. And it was like when, you know, thinking you've made an accomplishment being born on third already, it's uh, it definitely has that like millennial vibe. And, but I did watch it. I watched probably like four seasons of it. But I just thought like, man, this is, we're just giving this like a, a, a millennial pass like in the hardest way. And it is – it's a rough watch. There are good moments of it. There's good acting in it. But for the most part, it was like – it was hard to identify. I almost felt like I was doing like research on a generation younger than me. And I just felt very disconnected from it. But I did watch it. Yeah, I think that's I think it's a good take. I remember watching the first couple or three seasons, maybe two, like liking a little bit, and then it's just kind of getting old. And like, I had like a lot of controversy around it, right? Like it was supposed to be in the beginning, it was like good because it's like empowering like women, and then it was bad because yeah. like all these kids are like just like rich kids, kind of, and it's just like it, it 
gotten kind of mired and like bogged down in all the like the agenda of why it was being made and what it was trying to say, and it was just like, all right, I'm I'm out, I'm out. Right, right, and it's for all those things like, like, uh, yes, I get it. It's all those things, but give me glow, uh, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling yeah. and Allison Brie and that, and marvelous Mrs. Maisel over that show, all day and every day. So it's not even like it's like this from like a. You know, oh, he doesn't like, you know, female empowerment stories. I do. I I love Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and I love Glow. These are these are well crafted shows with rich characters that have layers. And like you said, it's just kind of like the other one is just like oh, they're just kind of like bratty rich kids, kind of rich, not really. Are they rich? We're not really sure. But I just don't understand these lives. And it's a lot of like, you know, pithy witty comment or what they think is pithy witty comment. Uh, commentaries and comments, and it's like, eh, I don't think you're as smart as you think you are. Yeah. Dunham. Hey, bro. Uh, and helps a lot of our broy vibe when you can just pull two female driven shows that you watch, bro. Good work. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. All back that, they're Look. my. <laughs> those are my lady empowerment friends. I know. You can't, I you can't label me that. We need those. MAB Sports Podcast need those for anything just to lighten up the inbox a little bit. All right. Um, <laughs> Neapolitan Showdown, bring us to the jam. So let's leave. Neapolitan. Is that actual? Do I hear like uh, actual physical papers? You do yeah, this bro, podcast? You do, yeah. Oh, no. I, I read, I read all my notes out on paper, bro. Yeah, you always do that. That's right. I just normally don't hear it. All right. Uh, Neapolitan showdown. Worst thing about holiday parties. Uh, all right, brother Wooler, we are up against it. Tis the season for that. So let's jump into it. Uh, out of the gate, I have, all right, getting there. So this just, you know, it's that time of year. When it's cold, snowy, you know, if you're anywhere else besides L.A. going to a holiday party, uh, you know, you just got to get in that car and then, like, bundle up, get through all the snow, and then get a cab. I mean, it's a little little easier this day with Ubers and everything, but, you know, you got to – obviously, you're going to be getting your drink on, so you're not driving to this party. So you just got to – a lot of planning It's just not as easy as, like, a summer party where you just, like, hop in an Uber, you just go chill by someone, like, poolside. Yeah, no, getting there stinks. It's it's also, too, getting back, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously you go there, you're going to want to have a, a fun times, and you use Uber way more than the average bear. Um, but is Uber on the holidays? Is that, is that like, present an additional challenge? Yeah. So maybe it's like, oh, well, then I'm 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 hanging out, and, uh, yeah, it's not a, it's not a fun a fun vibe. So uh, I, I like that. I like the other thing is, is when you're doing these parties, uh, my number three is, you know, sometimes you have groups of people that mes- maybe not necessarily always hanging out with each other. Uh, you know, you have the office holiday party where, hey, we're co-workers and now we have to show up. And uh, But I, I really don't like the games that get played. Like these fun little, like, you know, ideas of, well, let's pe- pull people out of their shells because mm. everyone's going to be a little insecure about talking. So we're going to play Cards Against Humanity or mm. we're going to do like a white elephant gift exchange. Like I, yeah. I really don't vibe on the, the games. And I'm not – don't call me like Ebenezer Scrooge. It's not that. I'm I'm fun. I like to hang out. But I also like the conversation of it. I'd much rather have conversation with people than being forced into this like, you know – 
uh, you know, game playing, like, you know, drop, you know, put the quarter between your knees and drop it into a shot glass. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> wow, man. That last one sounded a little, come back to college days, just like presidents and specific. assholes. It's just like, yeah. let's play cake stand. It's just like, what holiday party am I at? And what sophomore right. is throwing this? Um, all right, we'll go, I'll do $30 for surge pricing for holiday uber i'm going to give you twenty dollars as in don't spend any more than that on your white elephant gift 30 to 20 i did um i have activities on mine mine's a little bit of a different take uh i'm a little bit of i like structure to a party i don't don't like the idea of we're just all in this little enclosed space uh holiday parties are usually at a home uh you just kind of like you're enclosed in there and you're just supposed to kind of mingle without a direction. It's just like, when does the whatever start? Like Super Bowl party. I know what I'm getting into. Like we're going to mingle. And I know like, you know, 515 that, you know, we're going to look at the pregame and then we'll be watching the game and that's going to be handled. I have, this is just a me thing. This is a me thing. Most awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have a little problem with open-ended small talk because I can, I can do a three-minute conversation which sounds close to a six-minute conversation, but kind of has a little bit more sprinkled inside the middle of it. And I can, I can give a 12 if there's really something going on, like a, like a delayed bus that was supposed to pick a group, group up or something. What I can't do is just like, am I small talking with you for like the next like 10 minutes or for like the rest of my life? Because I might just keep slamming down this Chardonnay I'm holding in my hand. Oh, hilarious. I love it. Hold on one second. Sure. Sorry, do you want to clap it off real quick? The dog just walked into the No, into the I'm not keep that in the pod. If it went on a yeah. little longer, I was going to test out my filling dead air time. So I did have something. <laughs> this is my small talk here. You want to, you want yeah. to clap it off real quick? Uh, no, bro, we're keeping it in. This is You're all good? in. We'll keep it yeah. in. Okay, all right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you should have vamped on it then for sure. What it really cheers up. I do love the fact that you, you're like, this is my, all right, this is my 12-minute patter. And I, I, yeah. I can't go more than 12 minutes. <laughs> Yeah. Brandana is a man of itineraries. That's why we, we have the show run down as we do. Yeah. I kind of feel like you, you you could have – you don't know what you're getting into, but you know you've only got 12 minutes of patter here for, for date night or whatnot. So yeah. I like it. I like that you're a man of consistency. I appreciate that. Maybe that's what I do. Maybe when I meet somebody new, I'm just like, hey, like – do you want to talk about your favorite fast foods of all time? And do you want to dedicate 12 minutes to it? And I'll let you know my three. Like that's, that's my new thing. Like, I'm just going to have a little MAB sports podcast on the go. That's going to be my game. Obviously two of the 12 minutes are me going to explain how this all works. Yeah. And really get you figured out on the scoring. But once you're in, then you got to go on the fly here and I'm ready. Yeah. I got this in the chamber. So let's get it going. The bus is almost here. We got to get this going. <laughs> uh, what do you got for uh, number two, bro? So I uh, so my number two I do like it. Um, my number two is um, basically is it becomes into we've always talked about this a little bit. It becomes the amateur hour for drinking. Mm, you know, people start point. tying on. They start experimenting with different drinks. <laughs> uh, you know, that's they start point. working eggnog into the mix, <laughs> which is probably your most loathsome drink of all time. If you could yeah. even dislike any alcohol but i'm sure it's up there um yeah yeah it's just it becomes real amateur hour and it's like look guys like much like you know brandon's got his two and a half minute patter you gotta know where you're at you gotta know like i need to you know now we're having appetizers and hors d'oeuvres i gotta have a couple beers 
dinner is going to be coming or we're going to have like some you know kind of buffet style meal so that's where i sneak in maybe a, a harder drink or not and then i you know cap it off with something nice something smooth but uh don't go buck wild don't go crazy don't go don't go too aggressive early on and uh you know get hammered by the time dinner happens and that's what i see it tends to happen a lot or at least like with like one or two people uh the office party is obviously this is the the premier time for this to happen. People just go buck wild, and you see Susie from accounting go nuts and can't handle the fifth Pinot Noir that she had before the appetizers are done. No, I like that. I think that's a great point. I love it. It makes me laugh experimenting. That You're right. Like That's definitely the time that people are just like, you know what I've never had before? White Russian. Yeah, I love the Big Lebowski. Let's make a white Russian. It's just like, just right. pull it in shit. Like just mixing in like blue carousel just because it makes your drink blue because all that shit that you had in the liquor cabinet that nobody uses, you want to get rid of. You want to move it up, move it out. People in and you yeah. just try to put it up on the yeah, counter. Yeah, all the gifts, all the gifts are liquor. They're getting passed around, so everyone's trying to pass this off and something else. So, oh, the experimentation is ripe during the holiday party. Uh, excellent, brother. That's very good. So I'm going to give myself um, a 12, as in minutes I can stand to talk. And then I'm going to go with a 0.18, which is what I picture you rolling out of a holiday party with a BAC at. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a 32 to a 20.18. All right, uh, last one on the list. Uh, the food sitch. Oof, uh, okay. Eggnog, pass. Hot Hard cider, pass. pass. Hot chocolate, pass. Hot toddies, pass. Chestnuts, slash open fire or not, pass. Holiday cookies, <laughs> which kind? All kinds, pass. There's just like all the little finger mix and match, like peanut brittle, pass. It's just, this is, it's all, it's a nightmare. It's a no thank you. Yeah, yeah, peanut brittle. Uh, what do you got against peanut brittle? I think I made myself clear. Pass! Pass, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, eggnog is just gonna fucking me- melt your mind when you see people. Like, are you it's drink- drinking, like, just it's, no, it's melted just, ice cream? What's yeah, up? yeah, it's just one of those things where I don't believe that people like it. I think they just want to – it's a little thing to make themselves like seem interesting. Like I don't – it's just like, oh, man, I look forward to eggnog all year. No, you don't. You're lying. There's no way you like that. Yeah. Eggnog is the impulse beverage buy of everyone during the holiday season. They come down the, the market aisle and they see it and they're like, oh, we should – you know what we should do? We should do eggnog. Gross. No one was planning it. It was never on anyone's list. No thank you. No one's checking that twice and going, oh, yeah, did you get the eggnog? No way. Yep. What do you got for your three, bud? Uh, number three, uh, people that do up overly festive, like if you're the guy at the holiday party rocking the Santa's cap, I don't, <laughs> I don't think we can do it, dude. I don't think we can hang. <laughs> yeah, Is that's it too a, aggressive for my number one. Oh no, no, man, that's awesome. Yeah, you're no, you just you have that person dialed in perfectly. Like it's just like it's a like look at me, like look how it's not like look at me, like I love Christmas. It's just like. I need, like, the attention you normally give, like, a nine-year-old around the holidays, but I just happen yeah, to be yeah. 37. So if you right. do me a solid. Right. Like, I'm really into this, but I want you to know how I think this is really kind of, you know, silly and funny. But I'm really into Christmas, too, by the way. Like, I just – please, man. Like, oh, let's be adults. Man. Like, I don't know. And, and I know you don't like the ugly holiday sweaters. Yes. Which is a whole nother cottage industry where – this is like Boontown for like shitty, you know, apparel makers out there. How can you just make like ugly Christmas sweaters 
and just sell them at like twenty nine ninety five at fucking like Walmart. What what is going on? How much money is being wasted on big ugly sweater? Yeah, there's the sweater thing. Uh, like getting the full tailored suits out of just like the fucking like yes. Christmas wrapping paper looking thing. It's all just it's so it's tongue in cheek. Like it's irony, but I think like we said. Okay, so I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm going to give you eight points because this is very much give me attention like I'm an eight-year-old. So yes. I have uh, – and I have zero points from – that's the number of calories I'm gaining from not eating any of the shit you have laid out on those holiday plates. So that's going to be uh, 28.18 to 42. Brandana with the victory. Um, guys, this has been MAB Sports Podcast. Uh, hope you guys are enjoying your holiday season. Hope you're playing this on a little flight to go see family. Maybe you're coming from seeing family. Uh, hope it's going well. You guys are having very much a solid time and travel is going well. Uh, MVP of the week real fast. I'm going to give it to Coach Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings. Clinched a playoff berth before their game in week 16. Anyone that knows the Vikings, that is really early in the season to clinch a postseason berth. So we'll take it. I like it. Uh, I, too, am going to stick with the NFL. I'm going to go with Michael Thomas setting the mm. NFL reception record, breaking Marvin Harrison's record of 143 catches. Had 144 in this season, uh, breaking it and coming right down, actually making crucial catches right down at the end of the game to do it. Good on him. He's an excellent wide receiver. Even though he went to Ohio, you felt the rest. Uh, good on you, sir. All right, guys, and the next time you hear us, it'll be right around 2020. I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Uh, Potty it feels like a poor time for us to unveil our MAB uh, calendar and our MAB uh, hats, MAB, MAMTA hats, with our logo all over it for the holiday season. <laughs> I know we just shit all over it in the Neil, but uh, <laughs> hey, buy it. Style. Fame. She likes fashion. Uh.